Hey, happy Halloween. Mike and I had a Halloween party here on Saturday night and it was great. There's tons of friends and games and drinks. It was a pretty good time. A uh, special shout out to everyone who traveled to come hang out with us. That was awesome. It was so cool to see all you guys. Anyways, we start talking level up at about the 13 minute mark if you want to get right at it. I'll talk to you soon. Previously on Knucklebuds. The ride on the Uraka got wild as a full-sized fucking Echo Dragon poofed into existence just in time to terrorize the ship. The dragon clung to the railing and fight claw-clawed at dizzy soldiers while the ship's ballistas and the butts peppered the slightly corporeal menace with cannonballs and eldritch blasts, respectively. The dragon blasted its horrifying purple ether breath weapon, leaving Galtier paralyzed with fear for a huge portion of the battle. Matching fear with irreverence, Liza viciously mocked the Echo Dragon and ended up making a few bitter death saves after it retaliated. Captain Valentino Castrama de Sangre quickly enacted a brilliant plan to run the dragon through the ship's mass propeller and finally sent the monster back to the echoey hellscape from whence it came. Bone Boys, Scalades, Osteoenbies, Transtali, Chitin Kids, and all you cartilaginous folks in between. Welcome back to Knucklebones. Bones, 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 I will not comment on the quality of the performers, but I will say the quality of the script and the music itself is overrated. Hot take. <laughs> oh no, I agree a hundred percent. I oh, I, I, Mikey, I, don't know. Of, I was not expecting that. that Mikey, were you in the choir with me when we had to do rent in high school? I don't I remember. Was I don't not know in the... choir. Oh, that's right. For some reason, I always think that you were and you were not. Nope, I was just uh, harassed by the. That's that's the story that we share is our mutual yeah. harassment. It worked on me, um, and so I did do choir my senior year, and we had to sing the, the Rent song yeah, that everyone knows. Five hundred twenty-five thousand seasons plus, and it um sucks. I hey, I think Seasons of Love is one of the few songs in the show that actually makes musical sense. I enjoy out tonight. I think that one's fun to sing. Ooh, that one's good. That's hot as hell. That song yeah. should be sung by Rihanna. Well, it's, you know, in the film, it's sung by Rosario Dawson, which I like. Oh, um, fair. Okay. But, uh, so I like Thank that you. one. And I like Without You, but it's boring. It's also, like, it, it, uh, so much of the, of the show comes off so hollow. Yeah. Like, it just, it comes off as... Have you seen I, the movie? No. But, like, I I don't know. I'm just I also, curious, I, just because that's what, like, a lot of people, when we were in high school, like, that's how we were exposed to it, right? It was like, yeah. the movie came out, and I remember watching, like, Good Morning America before school, and, like, the whole crowd outside with all their signs all singing the Seasons of Love together yeah. and being like, 
Man, the only other time that I've seen this is uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Hot. <laughs> Which was literally, listen. I really enjoyed Literally that. having having to do that in high right. school. Right. So Josie and the Pussycats, I would, I would, here's, here's the hot, here's a hot a take. A very ready good for this? underrated film. Josie, Josie and the Pussycats movie Josie is better than cats. any version of Rent. That's, I haven't even seen Josie and the Pussycats, and I'll say probably. Uh, yeah. For I'm sure. Literally for me, sure. I have an Amazon package sure. that has ears Without and tails in it for when I finally make my girlfriends watch Josie and the Pussycats with me because they are it's... younger than I am and therefore have not seen it. That's one of those movies that I would have never watched, and then Mikey made me watch it, and I was like, it's not bad. It's... Would, like, I would watch it. I would watch it again. It's also that like relies heavily on like, hey, you guys all know that we're in on the joke, right? Right. And, and if and if yeah. you if you take yeah. it as like totally earnest, you're like, this movie is insane, you right? Know? And, if you, and it's like and you, know, you, you watch understand it as a kid, and you're like, this yeah. is funny, and you watch this and you're an adult, and like it literally opens up with a song called "I'm Your Backdoor Lover." Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only goes, thing goes I hard. the only thing I know about Josie and the Pussycats was. Them ladies were in Scooby-Doo, and Riverdale, for some reason, had them in their show. Well, because Josie and the Pussycats is from a comic from, that yeah. is a spinoff from Archie, Archie Comics. Oh, huh. it, it, I didn't know that. It actually is that. from the like Riverdale-Archie expanded yeah. universe. Like That's all one and the same. Um, and then I used to watch the shit out of Archie's Strange Mysteries when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Archie's Weird Mysteries. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but I watched the heck out of that show. Right up my so, alley. Right up your back door alley. Right up your back door alley. Right up my back door alley. your back door So since we're talking about the rent performance, then I guess we're we're okay with potentially dating this uh, this episode a little bit. Um, Mikey, I told you I'm not into dating right now. I know. I listen. I keep <laughs> I oh, keep man. trying, oh, and yet here I am, still keep, happily date, married. Date me, baby. You keep Whatever. trying to date me, baby. set me up with your seventy year old donors to your program and. Just doesn't I mean, go well. They have money, and <laughs> some of them really care about kids. So, oh my god, uh, so, some of them. Some. <laughs> <laughs> but so we anyway. are going to read the names of all the donors we think don't really love kids, <laughs> starting with <laughs> formerly of the f- foundation. You're a piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just put them on blast right here. <laughs> Okay, Mikey, how are we going to date this episode? Uh, well, so I'm in recently uh, dipping our, my toe back into our, our social media. Um, you know, sometimes I have to take a break uh, as a woman on the internet from, from engaging too much in those platforms. And I was uh, sharing a, uh, a stylized Pokemon trainer card featuring our own uh, Matt here. And I quickly was like, oh, man, what am I going to caption this? And so I just like very quickly typed, uh, you know, trainer profile loves long walks in the forest and adopting feral cats who forcibly enter his home. Now, I was referring to one of 
uh, Matt's cats, Kibitz, who we've discussed before, who entered the house and refused oh, to I leave. Thought, oh, wait, I thought you were talking about well, no, the no, second feral so cat so that he got. So the one who forcibly <laughs> entered the home, Kibitz, there's no denying, loves Kibbs. He's great. Uh, he, he let himself into the house and never left. Then we yeah. have um, the cat that I'm referring to. It's Nino, uh, who forcibly uh, entered your life in a park. And so, yeah, I, so I flippantly made this comment, you know, because you've got these two cats and it's a funny thing. How, you know, you just keep manifesting these cats. And because Matt is not on social media, everyone, I took a screenshot of the caption and sent it to our group chat and said, oh, I just thought I should share this here since Matt doesn't uh, have social media and wants to see it. And Matt, you responded with a photo <laughs> of not one black cat, which we know you have, the cat formerly known, uh, formerly referred to as Nino, uh, Kibitz being a, a ginger kitty. But this photo had two black cats in it, Matt. And yeah. you're... And you responded And you responded quickly. immediately <laughs> so, with this okay. photo of these cats. Please so here's, update us on the saga. Here's what happened. Uh... This might be a longer story, actually, so I will try to narrow it down. But to corroborate what Mikey is saying, yes, I have had a cat now for like, shit, six or seven years who, one day I got home from work, I opened my front door, and before I could take one step inside, Kibbit sprinted inside my house, and he's lived with me ever since. I've been trying to figure out who's owned him for like seven <laughs> years. We moved across the country and back to where I am now. Uh, still happened. Been a big joke about how I adopted this cat, right? So earlier this year, like uh, six, seven months ago, um, a similar thing happened. We about it on the podcast. Yeah, we might have mentioned it. I don't remember it exactly. Um, a similar thing happened. It's going for a run in the park. Little tiny kitty ran up and just ran right between my legs. And I almost killed him and myself uh, by tripping <laughs> and falling on my face. <laughs> and he was so adamant that I was like, this is certainly someone's cat. So I scooped him up. I took him home. I took a bunch of pictures, put up a bunch of flyers notified the, the you know cat finders who be uh long story short i have two cats <laughs> so uh obviously and also i will say in the inner in between those two occurrences um three other cats have taken up a permanent residence on the property i have owned and then were eventually like won over brought inside and adopted out because i'm like a cat magnet of some kind and so i have this long history of cats just show up in my house and i'm a sucker and then normally i can get them homes Okay, all of that being said, there's another black cat in my neighborhood who looks exactly like my black cat, formerly referred to as Nino. Um, I suspect they are potentially related because of sort of the timing of it. And that cat has taken a real interest in my home. Um, I, it was in my yard two to three times per day, every day for like two months. So I started putting a little food out because they looked a little haggard. And then pretty soon I got this like cat that's in my yard all the time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, we're on pretty good terms. I'm going to catch this cat. I'm going to figure out what's going on. I catch it, get him in a kennel. That's the photo I sent you guys yep. is uh, the cat in like an oversized dog kennel with some food and stuff. Uh, come to find out, this cat pretty friendly with my two cats. They've obviously like talked enough through the window or whatever that they're chill. Um fucking terrified of me to the point of like if i got within two or three feet of this large dog kennel it would jump against the bars and try to like get me oh my 
I was literally putting food in the bowl with a pair of tongs. <laughs> like, uh, so I really, I only kept him for like 30 hours uh, before I was like, oh, he's already. Yeah, gone. I was like, there's no way. I actually, I didn't even get close enough to determine if it's a he or a she, <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, but I, I called the uh, local rescue people and I was like, hey, remember last time I called you? You said, like, don't trap any cats. Oops. Oops, I trapped a cat. Will you take it? <laughs> and they were like, god damn it, bring Oops, it down. Oops, cat trapped. Um, Stop trapping cat. Yeah, so I, I assume it'll go through like a, you know, spay or neuter and get released yeah. probably is what they do with the strays around here. But it was, it was incredible timing because I had literally captured it that day. And had, I was like working in my home office and then I would go over like every hour or so and be like, hey, kitty, like, do you want to be pals? Yeah. And it was like, I fucking hate you, you know? Um, and then you sent me that like that evening. And I was like, holy shit, I have like a wild cat in a crate in my kitchen right now. Oh, God. So, so you know, yeah. Ladies, if you're interested in a man that will just bring like, countless amounts of cats into your life. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, info at knucklebonespod.com. <laughs> Dating at knucklebonespod.com. Dating at knucklebonespod.com. <laughs> two, two or three were black cats. So send me, send me your weird girl witch vibes. Let's go. Yeah. I'll get absolutely. you. A, I'll get you a familiar, and then we'll. We've get got familiar. a you know familiar I mean? finder matchmaker. <laughs> uh, that's our new. Okay, hold on, everybody. Need to see a familiar finder. This yeah, is going to be register actually, a domain actually, name real you know quick. What? Uh, while I look for that domain name, that's actually a really great segue um, into our leveling up, y'all. Because hey, Nick, did you take notes? Yeah, did you take notes on how to segue? That was a good did one. You... Oh, oh no, I'm Fuck. never did going you, to put okay. any you, effort into. Did you notice how during ever. Mikey's segue, she didn't stop in the middle of it and say, "Guys, don't you think that was a great segue?" <laughs> I don't give a shit. That so means she speaking did a bad of familiar one. finder, I am literally I have a tab in front of me um, that says find fam- uh, find familiar, and next to that is a more important and more interesting tab. How could I beat that? That segue? says flock of familiars, and y'all, this is a oh, uh, spell no. that I think my girl Babs is about to absorb here. Love this for you. Um, so what what level are you guys now? I am now 18. three and three, baby. I'm three, level three artificer, level three warlock. So I gained two new warlock spells at level two. Alright, I'm glad I asked because I would have sworn you guys and were seven. I, well, I, we should be, absolutely, and yet. Nah, um, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, did were we supposed to level up after that? Crush it up. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I get two level two warlock spells. And because I am now a third level warlock, I get my packed boon. And because I have this creepy, toothy book of shadows, I get to uh, learn three cantrips of any class. Oh, wow. So Ooh, I will be adding those as well. I've got two of the three selected for that. I do think of my spells. Uh, everybody, I hope you don't mind me just jumping in here, but listen, we got some shit to get through, and I'm pretty stoked about this spell. Um, 
I would love, sometimes I want to just like keep things to myself and then, you know, release them in game and have a big like shock and exciting moment, but it never actually pays off that way. So we're going to go for it now. You guys can all act really, react, be really excited. You know, do you want me to role play <gasps> casting this spell and then you guys can kind of like. Maggie, I'm positive that I'm going to forget yeah, everything yeah. you've said tonight by the time we make our next session. Like it Excellent. doesn't, it's going to be such a surprise either way. <laughs> so I want you to we're we're envisioning what this what this uh, we're trying on the spell. You know we're gonna see if it fits, see how we like it. Wait wait hold on. Roar! Oh, eat your flesh! Roar! Oh no, terrifying troll giant! Uh, oh no! Crush you under my giant stinky feet. Babitha quickly rubs her hands together, pulls her hands apart. There's a resistance. It almost looks like um, it almost looks like like a spectral bubble gum. You know, is like stretching out between her fingers. Oh, I thought you said sexual. sexual hey gum. guys, let's never talk about sexual That's bubble a... gum. <laughs> <laughs> so she claps her hands together. She gives them a a good little rub. She stretches them apart with this like spectral bubble gum. It reaches its like max tensile point. Her hands slap back together. There's a poof of what kind of almost looks like I don't know glitter confetti. And within <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh gosh. You know, within, uh, I guess, probably right around me, uh, three sparkly, incredible, celestial, fanged frog familiars appear. <laughs> oh, God. And they're just, like, dancing. It's just, like, dancing. They are <laughs> dancing so hard. They each have different hats on. Is this the I, like, I don't know why, Mikey, but... As soon as you guys acknowledge they were dancing, all I can think of is the Blue Frog group. Like, they're just... <laughs> I hate it. One of them has a, one of them has a weird drum, you know? <laughs> um, so basically how this works is I will temporarily summon three familiars. Concentration up to one hour it does take me a whole minute to, you know, cast it. So there's some, you know, mumbling and some hemming and hawing and... You know, finger boggling before the uh, previously mentioned bubble gum effect. <laughs> um, oh, and man. I, it basically, uh, I have conjured a familiar using effectively a find familiar spell, uh, but in triplicate. And so these familiars can telepathically communicate with me and share their visual or auditory senses with me as long as they are within a mile. Okay, uh, okay. When you cast a spell with the range of touch, one of the familiars conjured by this spell can deliver the spell as normal. However, you can cast a touch spell through only one familiar per turn. However, I want to point out that if I use this, I can cast with one familiar, and I can cast with hubbub as well. So basically, Babs is finding ways to get herself out of the fight. She herself, you know, she's already mm -hmm. disabled. She doesn't want to get too injured, and so... Uh, that's gonna be, I think, for sure, for sure. Tracks. Uh, one of the the two level two spells that she takes. Um, Max, 
let's jump to you. It's one of the things that you're doing in your level Hold up. Hold on, we got hit points to roll. We both roll and we take the higher. Okay, well, well, Blab got max, so I'm not going to re-roll his. <laughs> All right, what's Babitha? And Babitha, I rolled, a, I rolled a three plus two. On, on a what D8. kind of die? Aren't you glad we did this? Natural eight. Fuck yes. There's a reason. And it's because I care about you guys, and I don't want you to die, Liza. But don't mock dragons, Liza. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, but what if they're bitches? You're a bitch. What if they just come out with, like, real, real bitch energy, you know? Can I mock them then? <laughs> okay, now we can kick it over to Liza. <laughs> okay. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, what, do you, what does Liza... How does Liza's level up occur? What do you want to take for Liza... What are their power-ups, that sort of stuff? So Liza's going to take a third level of uh, Rogue. And we're going to be taking on the roguish archetype of Soul Knife. Ooh. Ooh. It's happening. A little out of left field there. Yeah. Um, don't really have much else to say other than the fact that I mean, I kind of think the stuff that will manifest through the character will just kind of come up based off of the stuff that, based off of the story so far, is probably going to be happening. So that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, cool. Kind of keep it all narrative. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, Do you want to roll hit points with me? Sure. Is it a D8 for you also? Yeah, and I just had one. Um... Five Ooh, I plus got whatever. Four. Okay. You get five, yeah. And then con is plus two. Sweet. So I got plus seven. Nice. That's a good, good little yeah. number. Yeah. Consistently going up by the same thing every time is not a bad thing. Well, Max wants to keep it narrative. What does Matt want to do, Matt? Uh. Is that shock shocky enough for you? It was it was a valiant effort. Um, level six fighter, baby. Guess what? ASIs. Every other level for like for forever. <laughs> uh, so I, in lieu of taking ability score increase, I will be taking a feat. Yes. Um, I'm gonna take lucky because lucky is the five e mechanical yeah, equivalent boy. to privilege, which is <laughs> e- exactly Galtier's deal. Uh, and it's also just like really fucking good. So look forward to me rerolling a bunch of stuff in the future. What's more is you already have the luck blade, so you already have one one luck per yeah. day. Bam! Now you've got four. Yeah. It's real dumb. It means it means I get Wait. to make more of my patented poor choices, four. and they might work. Right. <laughs> uh, so Nick, that's a that's a D10 for hit points for me if you'd like to roll along. If I'd like to roll along, I don't even think I have a d10. But guess what? Doesn't matter, I roll a 10. You don't have to roll shit. I roll a 1. Oh my god, I'm so glad. Oh, dude, this is such... On my cyberpunk dice. Getting... Rolling a 10 on a d10 relative to my hit points right now is such a wild percentile increase. <laughs> like... How, what's what's so your total I, hit I have, points? My hit point maximum is currently 38. With my con score, it's about to become 49. 
Whoa. So that's an 11 point increase Jesus. off of 38, which is like, what? It, a little a little shy of a third, like, you know what I mean? Like that's I know, that so has yeah. 48 hit points now. Holy shit. The other feat that's really great is tough, and it's especially great if you take it at like level eight or 10 or something, because like all of the sudden, you get like 50 oh, yeah. extra that's, hit points or however much it is. That's the fun of increasing your constitution score later in the game is where it's like, hey, and real quick, retroactively grab one HP per level. So yeah. like at level 15, you're just like, man, I'll fucking add that. <laughs> like, it just feels so good. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. What is um, Liza's total HPs? 45. 45? Okay, you guys are on the bar par- ballpark of the. Oh, no, sorry. 42. Still respectable. Still respectable. It's a, it's very telling how close, like, we're all within five max HP of each other, and as a fighter, I should have way more. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. What's your total con, anyways? Mine? Yeah. I have a 13 score, so it's a plus one. Yeah, you could be a little tougher. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm charismatic, and I'm wide. That's true. That's true, true. All right. Well, now that we've got all of our leveling up out of the way. Oh, Bleppy. Yurukata? Oh, Bleppy. Obviously get more hit points, which is pretty dope. But now as a level six sidekick, he has potent cantrips, which means that any cantrip that does damage, he gets to add his spell attack bonus to the damage as well. That's just Ooh. what Blep needed. More damage dealing capabilities. Oh yeah, baby. So he adds M- six <laughs> to all of his damage? Uh-huh. MVB. Still still coming through. Wow. That's well, wild. Wait, it's his full spell attack bonus? Which is proficiency plus spell casting modifier? Like holy shit. Sidekicks seem more powerful than PCs. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's been kind of the a running bit. The sidekick can add a spellcasting ability modifier to the damage it deals with any cantrip, so... No. Oh, so it'll be just charisma or wisdom or whatever it is. Right. Still, I mean, free damage. I mean, yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm not mad about it. Well, and those any of those flat damage things, like, when you run the probabilities on dice, it's such an interesting thing of, like, you know, an average d6 roll is, like, three and some change. You know, so you have to think of it as three or four, depending on what how you want to round things. Where it's like, yeah, getting a plus three is just like, it's better than a D6 over time. And it's like really predictable. You know, it's like, it's just, that's a great fucking bonus. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Yeah, and all those nat 20s just add to our uh, Blasty Boy. Blasty Boy! <laughs> Good old Blasty, Blasty Boy. Ooh. Blood defer. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> like Christopher? What word were you trying? Yeah, what? <laughs> I don't know. It was a bad nickname. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know what? I like that you're really doing made it grow from it. Good job. <laughs> oh, you think I'm gonna grow from that? No, not at all. I just wanted to. <laughs> not a chance. I just wanted chance. to move on. <laughs> all right, let us move on. Let us move on. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> game time. Get your game faces on. The scene as we see it is just white. 
and you hear that echoey ringing, you know, like a bomb just exploded in your main character's ear. And then you hear like muffled voices shouting back and forth. Is everyone all right? And footsteps pattering back and forth across the deck. It's Jundath! Jundath, the blasted thing ran him through! God damn it! Where's Aklo? And we're starting to fade in and you can see the commotion as the ship is fully coming into focus. There's workers and soldiers that are running to and fro. They're cinching ropes, checking the cargo, adjusting the rigging, putting everything back where it's supposed to be. It looks similar to when you first took the sky, except clearly everyone is nervous and on edge. Damn it! We lost a barrel of priceless magical weapons and artifacts! And then... And then, coming from behind you guys as you're huffing and puffing and covered in blood. Ravarath, you have the helm. Duloran, my quarters, butts. My quarters, Rafe. My quarters, immediately. And Captain Valentino Castrma de Sangre turns and walks downstairs. What do you guys want to do? So again, there's big commotion up here. There's a lot of people. There's injured people aside from, you know, Jundath is, what you're learning now is Jundath is uh, Dizzy Dosk's like next in command. And he was that first one that got the big swipe when the dragon landed at very, very severely wounded. Um, So he's kind of the big, the big deal that he got hurt. You know, like the other injuries, sure, that's important, but he's like- I mean, Liza just came out of, almost dying, so they are dazed mm-hmm. and not necessarily confused. Be a lot cooler if you were. Just kind of sitting and witnessing, almost as if everyone is speaking a language they don't understand. Um, what's what's the aftermath of Frightened for Galtier? Like, as, as the dragon sort of, like, dissipates... Is that just like, is that like a charm thing where it just breaks or like, how does, I mean, that, te- how does that go? Technically, mechanically, yeah, it just breaks after, after a minute or after you roll your save, it disappears. But I mean, granted the time that you have, you would roll the save. One of those two things would happen. And yeah, it just breaks like a charm spell. Okay. Um, this, um, I'm sorry, I, I forgot the name already. Dizzy's number two. June death. June death. How injured are they oh this guy was ran through uh this is like think like full full across the chest swipe from a dragon like you can clearly see the three like mortal wounds across his chest are are we gone or are we making death saves there is salvation let me put it this way there's salvation there's hope if okay galtier will sprint to that person and feed them a potion of greater healing yeah, yeah, sure. Um, he's just gonna like seeing that, like obviously all the um, I, sailors, airmen. I don't know what you call them. The people operating I know, this I, machine. That's where I'm at too. Airmen. See, like seeing it. that they have to deal with like, oh shit, this ship was just attacked and all this stuff is happening. I think he's worried that that guy might not get care fast enough, and is just gonna sprint over and feed him the potion. Sprinting over there and. You like I like uh, when when Babatha did it to Ducky in mm. Tinctorum, and she just like poured it on the wound, 
it's kind yeah. of the similar thing. Like, like you know, just topical application will suffice here, and it'll like <laughs> get in there a little faster, you know. So you pour it in, and you can like see the wounds as they start to clean up and everything. And you hear a couple of the the airmen that are around, a couple of the soldiers that are that they keep repeating, they keep saying, "Well, where the hell is Aklo? He should be up here by now. He should be up here helping us." Hey, who's Aquil? Galtier is like, not knowing how potions work very well, he's like shaking it up in champagne, spraying it on this dying man (laughs) while he's yelling at these soldiers. I mean, like, is that that your ship's doctor? Uh, Yeah, he should be down in medical, but by now he should be back up here. Now, why don't y'all go fetch him? Well, that's what we've been trying to do. I'm going to go check. You trying to do it from up here? Move on. Come on. Go, 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 go. I already sent somebody down. And then he like immediately like, oh, these guys are like in a hurry. You know what I mean? So he's, he yeah, immediately yeah. turns around and like, fine, I'll go check. No, Gothier's just doing that thing where like people are obviously doing what they should do, but he's going to loudly proclaim that they keep doing the thing they're already doing <laughs> so as to seem helpful. Yeah, yeah. Babitha? Um, I think Babitha is going to go over and cast... I'm going to cast Cure Wounds. On um, Galtier. <laughs> no, on um, <laughs> June, June Duh. Oh, okay. Why can't yeah, I not roll have a... that name in my head? I have no idea. Yep. Um, why don't you roll for your, your potion really quick? Uh, and Greater Healing is, is that 44 plus 4? I think so, yeah. I think you're the one that taught me the potion... The uh, the potion pattern. Oh yeah, my my whole brain unlocked when I realized it's the plus is the same number as the d4s. When I was like, holy shit! <laughs> um, okay, so let me. <laughs> yeah, right. All of a sudden, you can remember it. Okay. One, two, three. Uh, so that's nine plus four is thirteen. Okay. Yeah, he'll he'll be fine. Okay. That's so I don't. Definitely... So I don't need to cure wounds, and then. No, 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 no. He'll be after that potion. He'll be like up and walking on his own. Definitely shaken, but but under his own control. Well, in that case, darling, I think I'm going to perhaps um, heal myself, unless we can just say, "Okay, Dita, I'm gonna go take an eight-hour nap now." I feel like I have to ask the question, how is Liza? Oh, fucked up. Like Yeah, that's what I thought. Like like nobody oh, wants to heal Liza who I was forgot. doing that save. I'm alive. I'm right, fine. I saved Liza, yeah. but I didn't I, Yeah, there was already stuff that was cast on me to make sure that I was not dying. So. Okay. And I kinda figure we would have a rest after this. That's gonna yeah, I guess. A little that bit metagamey, kind of a... but that was what my thought process was. <laughs> Babitha is going to kind of uh, she's going to take off her her hat kind of wipe her brow kind of to, like going to look up at the sky kind of get her bearings right try to reorient because she's kind of been all over the place thankfully um, thankfully she's used to flying you know so she's she's kind mm-hmm. of got her air legs already a bit um 
Okay, who else is in need of assistance? Um, or um, perhaps we should go ahead and head to the um, the cabin where we've been summoned, and uh, we can take a short rest while we get yelled at, perhaps. And <laughs> Dizzy approaches Liza, who I see is like sitting on the ground, still like kind of kind of confused, and Dizzy catatonic. Chuck- <laughs> yeah, Dizzy chucks the sword that she picked up um, onto the deck and it clang, 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 clang on the ground and she reaches out to Liza. I've not seen anybody go face to face with a dragon before and live to tell the tale. Quite impressive. I don't really feel like I did live on my own volition. <laughs> Mostly it was a team effort that I am not dead <laughs> indeed it was a team effort predator I have to say <laughs> yeah and she she like pulls you up i have to say you and your friends are quite impressive i would agree considering they did not die <laughs> generally a low bar to set but in this situation again impressive yes that's i'm happy to have you aboard quite Scary shit. It was oh, weird. petrifying. It was yeah. It was wild. Your friend, your friend in red is one to attest. That was petrifying. No. Well, now you see the thing about combat is organizational strategy is important. So you need someone to guide the troops from advantage. But I was terrified by doing that's, nothing. Yes, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And we were chased by, like, a million little bugs. Oh, you saw the horns. The horns? I'll tell you, you've had an encounter with these things yourself. Oh, me? Of course not. No, no, the news has spread. I've heard of them, but I haven't seen one here. Well, if you have a spellcaster in your home, you might see one pretty soon. Oh, boy. What my um, what my arm and his friend here is trying to say is that we, we have a working theory that, uh, they seem to do their sort of uh, uh, chest gestation business. Thank you. Uh, College in, of in eloquence. The, the the body, <laughs> in the body cavities of users of magic, they seem to specifically target them. We. We can't guarantee that that's exactly true, but we do have a, a surprisingly mm-hmm. large sample size from a pit full of captured townsfolk. It's a complicated situation, but <laughs> rest assured that empirically we do believe this is true. Yes, mm-hmm. it's pure science. I've heard this, but I haven't spoken with anybody who is who can attest to the truthfulness of the reports. This is intriguing. Tell me... What do you suppose the odds are of any given arcanist? Magically inclined? Yes, thank you. I didn't know the appropriate terminology to use. I mean, What do you think the odds are of any particularly magically inclined person to lay host to one of these creatures? Well, now, I don't don't know this Hmm. even distribution. It seems to be uh, regionalized in some way and, and in our experience particularly surrounded by 
some of these other meteorological or cosmological events dealing with both the echoes and, I'm sure you're aware, media strikes. Meteor? Am I saying that right, Liza? Meteor? Meteor. Yeah, a real thick yes. rock, I think is what it means. A meteor <laughs> from the uh, sky. It's meteor. Yeah. It's meteor than a regular rock. It's 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 meteor than a than what? Uh, it's just a rock that's meteor than another rock. Correct. The look, the <laughs> media the media rocks, they're the ones the, that carry the bugs. That's what we've learned. So be The media is the enemy, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I oh, no. mistaken, but I believe it. Once it is impacted with the Earth, it is a fraction, a fragment of it. It is a meteorite. Now the media is the enemy because these are fake bugs. I've heard of meteorite, but meteorite, that <laughs> makes sense now. I, I believe we have perhaps some information we could share with you, uh, Mrs. Doss, but perchance there are things better spoken about with uh, the captain. And, and I, maybe we could all head down over there. It sounds like he would like mm-hmm. to speak with us anyway, and I believe that we do have some information on the, on the broader phenomenon here to share. Right. I was unaware that you were going to bring this sort of information aboard the ship, but I would love to hear what you have to say. I mean, technically, we bring this, ed- this information everywhere we are because we, own, we have the information with us. So it goes anywhere we go? Mm-hmm. As, it's almost as if we are yes. like, a bri- like brain encyclopedias, you know. You, you may have heard that we've been operating on a special assignment from the king himself. Oh, God. I actually have heard nothing of who you are or why you're on the ship. Don't get me oh, started. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Galtier, Galtier, I'd like to remind you, right, that we are trying to uh, well, I... retain a certain level of, uh, of uh, classification, of Miss, course. Mrs. Uh, Dask is, of course, a, a trusted ally. Her, her husband, Dagon, was an a, a incredible attribute to us on the way here. Let me just say this: We are operating on a special well, assignment Well, I, I from think the that king. first and foremost, and that uh, Mrs. Dosk probably has her own merits, and that we shouldn't judge her character based <laughs> on the man attached uh, to her. Um, well, I don't think it should not count for nothing. He's a nice man. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Ms. Dorsk, what level of clearance do you typically have when it comes to classification Oof. vis-a-vis uh, existential Liza, threats to Liza, the world? would you like to come with me downstairs to the captain's quarters? Hold on, Liza? I do want to say out of character. She's two... a fucking oath knight on her own merits. Like, yeah, fact. She's she's not a random wife. Like Gautier already acknowledged this is an oath knight peer earlier. Like we've already done that part. Right, I right. do want to. I, I would like to remind us. Uh, that's, that's a that's a fair reminder. Yeah, she's obviously she. Uh, you know, she joined the military maybe on her father's recommendation, but to, she is she is responsible to that broader, for herself. To that broader point, we told all of this information to her husband Das, and she's clearly better. How much did we tell Das? We told Way we were less... on a mission from a, the king, but like, did we give him like the full? Like, I don't. I listen, I wasn't going to give her the full minute, thing. So. Well, Liza, would you care to go downstairs to the captain's quarters while these two continue their discussion? And she, like, 
glares kind of at you guys as you're anyways going back and forth, catching yeah. both of your eyes, like the, like definitely sarcastically. The fact that catatonic Liza is the one that should be going <laughs> down to the uh, captain's quarters is fucking horrifying, but sure, <laughs> Liza's just going to be like, I go, I go where I go. If that's with you, that's fine. Weren't we all summoned to the captain? Yeah, place? she's gonna she's gonna stop at the top of the stairs leading below deck and like look back at you guys who are talking and just be like, "Are you guys coming or what?" In my mind, we were already in the captain's quarters, which was also part mm. of like why this conversation was taking. This was place, all where above I was deck. like, "We haven't even like talked like." To the captain, like yeah, Gothier was literally going like, "Hey, let's all go down there." That's that was yeah. the thing I was trying to drive towards. Then maybe yeah. what it is is that Liza was just standing there, staring off into nothingness as everyone was walking without them, and that's why. <laughs> that's and then why we all of a sudden Dizzy, we're like, like "We could have it." Wait, where's Li- Liza? Liza? Dizzy's like, "Honey, do you want to <laughs> come? <laughs> we're going downstairs. There's treats. Come on." <laughs> Get you a nice cup of tea, darling. Liter- some of Auntie Bab's special yeah. special tea. Literally, what I do with dogs. It's just like, no, you. We're going outside. Outside. <laughs> Treats outside. Okay, so you guys are led downstairs uh, through the double doors and into the captain's quarters. And the captain's quarters is this phenomenally well kept space. There's a cushy bed and a footlocker near a wardrobe off to the left side. And the entire right side of this space is an elaborate bookshelf that's packed full of all sorts of books. It looks pretty, like, worn in and used. In the middle of the room, it's got one of those, like, one of those traditional giant tables with the padded chairs. It's kind of like a war room desk. And dominating the room at the far side, at the rear end of the ship, is is this giant dominatrix that is cracking a whip uh, is a giant wow. it's a giant curved a it's a giant curved window where you can see like the waves of the Iracana Sea below as you guys are flying across the ocean please take a seat coffee? Captain turns around and he's got a coffee pot and he's like carrying a, a tray with coffee mugs over towards the war table a servant leader. Don't I always mind if I do, it. thank you. That was unlike anything I have ever seen before. These. Well, you wouldn't be. <sighs> I mean, I'd say you wouldn't be. I mean, listen, I've seen the echoes, so it's not unlike anything I've seen before. Yes, that is a fair point. Isn't but it is uh, yes. pretty fucking awful. Yeah. Liza is just going to go sit down in a chair and, like, rub their eyes. And you see, like, as they're rubbing their eyes, their, like, body is shifting into, like, a much smaller, more frail version uh, of, like, almost childlike, where everything is just kind of pale and uh, blonde. Lysa, are you well? Oh, they'll be fine. Just give us a moment. Uh, Babs, like pops a cork off of whatever little vials and gives you like a little bit of spiked tea to help kind of like <laughs> Liza bring just you, bring you back. <laughs> just looks up like bleary eyed and is just like I'm alive. Would you like a cookie as well? 
What kind? I've got some. Well, let me see. I've got some. Um, well, I've got some pecan sandies. Um, I've got some shortbread biscuits. Um, oh, I would. I would love a. I would love a shortbread oh, biscuit. Short, oh, a shortbread so for you. Yes. Uh, here's a shortbread. So well, well, I mean, it reminds me of death. Well, I mean, it's hard to keep a moist cookie on That's the fair. road. Honestly, so I have to kind of go with... Was that what you I'll say just... to all your liaisons? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I have no problem with the moisture of my cookie, <laughs> darling. Oh, dear God. Um, <laughs> I want to die. Babitha what? takes create water. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. And Liza... Nick, I'd like to cast WAP. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Liza just takes one of the pecan sandies and just dunks it into Bring the tea. In a map. And and just dunks it in and just doesn't doesn't even like try to eat it normally, just fully drops it from like two feet above their face and just lets it fall into their mouth and they just kind of like flop back into the chair to just kind of disappear. Yeah, there's this weird, like, ten seconds of silence as you guys sit around this table, munching on a cookie and sipping some coffee, and then... Now from the top, make it drop! Yeah, that's what I was immediately thinking, just someone's like... Oh, God. Bring a bucket and a mop! Babitha is rocking out now. She's, like, got Liza's, like, little hand harp. Oh, hell yeah. I'm talking whoop, whoop, whoop. That's from what that's pussy. Macaroni in a pot! We can all take a bit of an example from you, Babitha, and... <laughs> and get wet. <laughs> I was going to say something more along the lines of... Relax. Yeah. For now. Listen, we've been through some shit. I could really use, like... Either fifteen minutes or uh-huh. eight hours. Oh yeah, if we want to do a, a if <laughs> like we, one or one or both. If we can't long rest, we could do a short rest, and Liza could do a song of song of rest just to get some extra. I think back. yeah. So so this is actually kind of a cool idea at this point where the it's just the six of you, including Blep, who are around this war table and it's just like this moment of silence before any kind of conversation and you guys can take your short rest there as like Liza what do you have a loot um I have a drum and a lyre and that's what um yeah and the last time I did a song of rest I played on the lyre and I think this time I'm just gonna do like a rhythmic beating on the drum to uh, okay so what we want to do is we want to on every third beat we breathe in every third beat we breathe out and we want to make sure that our our heartbeat is matching up with the each individual beat so I'm going 60 beats per minute bum 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 see you get it okay and that'll just be the song of rest is just like it's like binaural beats but yeah yeah i think the whole time that you're doing this you're noticing that the captain's face like gradually gets a bigger and bigger smile he starts out very stern and serious and upset and as the song goes on for a minute you can see that he's just like the relaxation is taking hold even for him and dizzy and 
they are feeling better and it's noticeable. It's called lie neural beats. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> hey, we got there. Um, yeah, so uh, that means everybody gets an extra d6 on their hit point. Nice. Yeah. Cool. In that case, I'm going to roll two hit die. And, and it's 1d6 total, right? Not 1d6 per hit die? No, it's just 1d6 extra okay. total, yeah. Cool. You, get your, you get your con on every hit die roll, right? I did not roll well. That's 21 hit points back for me. Nice. Oh, plus the 1d6. 24! The captain breaks the silence after the song. The men, they'll be... They'll be frightened. And they will talk. And they should. They should talk. It's important for uh, masculine figures in especially governmental roles to express their emotions to each other or else uh, things get pushed down and people go into a postal office and murder many people for no reason. Indeed. I would hate for any of them to make assumptions about what happened. I would much rather have them share an honest account of what they have seen and experienced today. Yeah. You know, I have spent much of my life traveling to new places. I've seen things that... I've seen things that most have never even conceived of. I can't speak for you, but I have not seen something like that before. It raises many concerns to me. The primary concern being those aboard this ship their lives their safety and my secondary concern being the mission at hand what is the current mission at hand to go to the maelstrom oh did you see it's been what did, what did they say what did they say 10 generations since anybody has seen what might be within the maelstrom and you have the opportunity now to look inside we don't know how long this window will be open and, and now this ability to look inside this is a a, a temporal effect you think this is a once uh, in some sort of time frame opportunity or has this been made possible by this new lensing well that is just the thing Dejimo. we do not know for sure we can ah, only speculate also, can we use the lens to, like, see if the dragon is back on that plane? Oh. Hmm. This is a brilliant idea. I like, the consider. kind of the big thing that I was interested what? in about this ship was this lens, and I got distracted because <clears> it's kind of a mechanical marvel, I'm sure you're aware. Um, but I feel like that would really help us out. And, and Nick... The description we got from DuPont's is that it is like, it's literally like an individual spyglass, not like a big piece of equipment, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. 
I, I would confer with my uh, compatriot Babatha here that uh, perchance we could be putting that umbral lens to uh, a, a more rigorous use yes. uh, for, for twofold effect. One, to potentially ward off any dangers, and two, to understand just what it is we're getting ourselves into because it seems that perhaps we don't fully understand. Roll a persuasion. What I understand is that this is the first time we have been physically harmed by spectral, umberly forces. Total 16. Okay. Those in Astervale have simply simply begun swatting the echoes away upon seeing them. The threat of uh, corporeal, corporeal interferences... Well, they might start swatting back, and that could quite could could quite cause quite a hubbub. No, sorry, not you, hubbub. I meant lowercase hubbub, not you. Yeah, at ease. Once again, Babitha here is correct. We have encountered several of these echoes that uh, do possess the ability to interact with our um, material sphere. Uh, some of them we have been forced into combat with and others we have seen affect their environment. So while the majority of these echoes seem to be rather benign in terms of their ability to affect your citizenry, that is not a universal case, and nor should it be assumed uh, uh, through the future. We, we believe this is a relatively large security concern for all of the kingdoms. Nick? Yes. Do you remember... Uh... This will make sense. This isn't me being a narcissist uh, like normal. Um, when Liza got fucked up by the dragon, it was a claw attack, right? I believe so, yeah. It yeah. Was a, I think it was a yeah, critical you, hit on yeah, the claw. Like, yeah, you dodged the bite and yeah. then got hit with the claws. Okay. So um, Liza was just going to stand up to like after everyone... After talking about the the lens and trying to see out into the umber umberly sights and Liza's just going to walk over to the big old window and yeah just take a look not anticipating seeing anything just like trying to see what is out there okay Liza you see roll a perception check I will resolve yours, Galtier. I'm, I haven't forgotten. That is a natural 20. Okay. So a 29. So to get to this window, you sort of have to like walk through a, a, like a doorway. It's not like meant to close off the back section, but it's like a, it's kind of like a room dividing kind of header that comes yeah. down, you know, like little wing wall type deal. And as you go in there to look out the this window. So first of all, all you see out the back window currently is the ocean behind you maybe way off in the distance maybe that looks like perhaps that was astravale maybe you're seeing some mountains or something Mm -hmm. but it's so far away even already that you can't quite tell yeah Um, but something that really catches your eye is there is a a small table in here like a small kind of personal desk and on this desk you see an old old piece of parchment unrolled What's on it? Cut, quick cut back to the Admiral, or not the Admiral, quick cut back to Captain talking to Galtier. 
If you'd like to see, if you'd like to take a look and ensure our safety, I can't express to you the gratitude of your ability to fight upon the deck. You made my men, you made Dizzy's men, forgive me for saying it, look quite foolish, I have to say, <laughs> aside from you, Kantian. Well, now, as a band, we do have a particular set of experience with this type of enemy. And so we are particularly well suited to deal with it. And might I say, I don't want just to look through this lens now. I think that obviously we should do that now and assess our situation. But also we should take care to keep an eye on any umbral energies, this other plane. But, but, but help me with the magic lingo. We should keep an eye on things because... We should no, really no, no. make sure that nothing is going to pop out of the ether and surprise yeah. us. So no, if the dragon's it. gone back, we should hopefully uh-huh. have some indication mm-hmm. where it is at all times, and then we can be prepared should it enter our realm of existence again. I believe that you are absolutely correct. I was not expecting or anticipating any sort of interference from this distance away. Well, Captain... Let me say this, we've been experiencing this sort of incursion uh, and, and the ones that have been corporeal much, much farther inland. I don't think proximity to or from the Maelstrom is necessarily the uh, the metric here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. As, as a matter of fact, and Gauthier's going to look around and it, it's the six of us, right? Gauthier's going to produce the shards. Oh, shit. Okay. Now... I'll pull them out just like wrapped in leather or whatever, however we have them bound up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sort of put them gently on the desk and say, look, now, what I'm about to share with you is highly sensitive information. And he'll also produce the writ from the king, right? Don't touch them, please, by all means. Don't touch them. These gems are like kind of pulsating this illumination like very faint kind of illumination that's yeah. just like pulsating off of them uh, and I'll share with him now as you may or may not know and I'll sort of slide the writ to the center of the table like we are on a, a very sensitive mission from the king himself we believe the fate of all the kingdoms may be intertwined with this the sites where we have found more of this echo activity seem to be Related in some way to sites where these these um, these rocks from the sky, these meaty ores, uh, fell down, uh, and he'll he'll um, undo one of them just slightly, like really obviously being very careful not to touch anything, um, and, ki- and 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 making sure that like no one else is in a range that if they reached for it, he couldn't like fucking interfere. Yeah, in sure, sure. But it's just going to show that it's like fucking pulsating, right? Like hey, yeah, this is as, a magical as rock. you're doing this. Dizzy actually like does stand up and she slowly is just like enthralled Absolutely by not. this. She's and Babitha it... slaps her hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's shocked for just a second and like she's still standing up and like leaning to look at them and there's this exchange of information right now where Goltia keeps touching them and shit keeps happening. So if we could just not, that would be great. Babitha is correct. I have to say, I, I made myself a, a guinea pig of sorts, and you should absolutely not touch these stones if you value your life in any way. Only because my compatriots were here to rescue me did I survive those encounters, but we, we believe that these shards are related to some of these echo phenomena. And furthermore, there are more of them, one of which we've tracked 
to the maelstrom here. So while the maelstrom is, of course, a, a magical entity of its own, we also believe that there may be a, uh, an agitator, so to speak, uh, that could be uh, compounding the effects of this uh, magical phenomenon. Babitha, help me with the magic. I don't understand. He does not magic mean is bad. agitator as in his role socially within our group. He means magically... I was going to give you this with your persuasion role, but I, I really like this narrative turn that we've taken. As you're explaining this to him and talking to him, he produces this very nondescript leather scroll case. Uh, I shouldn't call it a scroll case. I'm sure that like monocular cases are a thing, right? So he produces I love this. Said monocular. Is it not? It is, right? is it not telescopic? Sure. What do you call those? A telescope. Well, that's not what you call the handheld ones, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I think let's stick with uh, this is monocular. Yeah. Monocular is very fun. <laughs> he uh, he uh, pretty nonchalantly looks to Dizzy, who gives him just a curt nod, and then he produces a very nondescript leather. A spyglass. Spyglass. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. That that weird thing where it's like just a piece of quartz and like a a kaleidoscope. So he produces this. He produces (laughs) this very nondescript leather spyglass case, and just using one hand, he pushes it towards the middle of the table, right towards the shards. Keep us safe. This is still mine, but for now. Of of course, we would be happy to keep a vigil watch over this ship and all of its operators and inhabitants. Can I, I want to grab the case, open it up. Um, can I look at the shards through the umbral lens? Um, yeah, but first we are going to, as you're like, like telescoping it out, we go back over to Liza, who's back in this other room, like nondescriptly shuffling these, a couple of papers and pens to get a clear look at what's on the table here. And um, there is one piece of paper on this ch- table and Liza keeps shuffling it around trying to find what this piece of paper means. As you are trying to nondescriptly move maybe a quill and a ink bottle off to the side so you can get a clear sight of what's on the table here, uh, scrawled in this old, faded, ancient writing across the top. This is a map that you're seeing, and across the top it says Lumen Sanctum. Lumen Sanctum? And is this in common? Maybe maybe like the old English version of common. Mmm, Welsh. So you're looking at this map, and what you see is maybe a mile in diameter, kind of this lops- lopsided island. And there's a big hill that kind of pokes up in the southwest corner of it. And on the top of this hill is this L-shaped sanctum. Um, you kind of just have like the footprint view of it, so you can't see like the general general shape of what this is. But it's kind of got the elevation map where you can see the the ground rising up, and you can see where the sanctum is kind of carved into the hill itself. The whole sanctum itself is maybe a quarter of a mile, and then 
on the corner of it, right where the L, where the long arm and the short arm of the L meet, is this round footprint that you can't quite make out. It's sort of faded, not like a real footprint, but like you're looking at a footprint view of of a building um, that's circular. Mm. And it's kind of super faded out at that corner, and you can't quite figure what that deal is. Well, um, just this is quite interesting. Yeah, I was gonna see if I had. Uh, I was gonna see if there was a Declaration of Independence situation. Um, but yeah, there's a so. scroll case that clearly says Declaration of Independence. The only no. way to protect the Declaration of Independence. Steal the Declaration. Did you guys know? I was uh, on a listen back. I realized we are canonically in 1984 right now. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Do you guys remember yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, I was. Uh, it was more just like. Oh, is there a mechanical way in which maybe this will come to the, like, this will get, if I were to hold it up, like, in the window or something and see through it, will I get more of an indication of, like, what was in this corner or something? No, I think, I think this is kind of, this is uh, very non-magical, right? This is just an ancient piece of faded parchment. Can we ask about it? Like, yeah, Liza's going to take this into the other room and um, actually, ooh. I'm a bit concerned because, well, it was just hanging out on the table. Yeah, Liza's just going to come back and go, <laughs> this seems like something. Um, just flailing it around in the air. <laughs> I mean, not willy-nilly, but maybe William Nilliam, you know, slightly more slightly more nice, but I'm still moving it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's do, let's cut back real quick to Galtier's perspective as he sort of opens up this telescope, or the spyglass. And and the spyglass itself is, is pretty nondescript. Like, it looks like the idea here was to not make it look like it's super obviously a wildly valuable artifact. Right. But just looking at the lens, you can see, like, the the geometric shape that's kind of like it's not a smooth lens like it had to be perfectly geometrically carved out magically and it's tinted purple just like the lens that attached to Victor DuPont's observatory right and looking through this spyglass who boy howdy what do you see <sighs> Galtier what you see is a wild view into the umbral. What you see is, first and foremost, the two gems that are in front of you, clear as day. They don't look any different than how they look where you are. They, okay. they, the one shines illuminated red and the other one shines an illuminated silver white light. But what's interesting is that you don't see the ship itself. Oh, that's not... Okay. Right, because I'm because I'm in the air over the ocean. Right. The, right. And you see the ground underneath you is frozen. It's a white frozen wasteland as far as you can see. It's just frozen and cold. And as you look through this and, this sorry, spyglass. You, yeah, no, go ahead. When you say the ground, you mean like the ocean is like an ice cap. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Absolutely frozen. 
you're looking around trying to make sense of this. This is your guys' real first glimpse into Umbros for like for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all ice as far as you can see. And then off two miles ahead of you, you can barely make out the faintest outline of this dragon as it's flapping its wings away. Uh, Gothair will, like, you know, shut it, close down the spyglass, and just look at everyone sort of, like, soberly and go, well, that was not exactly what I expected. Uh, Captain, have you used this in this area already? You've seen the, the frozen wasteland? I try not to use it uh, as often as possible. It does rather frighten me, if I'm being entirely honest. Well, Captain, I don't, I'm not your superior, so please take this uh, in the spirit that I intended. You should use this all the time because this is in, invaluable intelligence. We, I learned more in the last three seconds that th- this is incredible. Secondly, the dragon is absolutely alive and... Uh, I'm currently headed that away, so I think we're okay for a little bit, but not more than a couple of knots off the prow of the ship, which is a thing that, of course, uh, means that it could return. So we should keep a vigilant eye toward the the big the big takeaway right there is the dragon is headed the same direction that you are headed. Mm. Mm. I will point that out and say the dragon seems to be headed towards the maelstrom. Now I don't I don't understand the significance of that. Through the spyglass, I did not see a similar phenomenon to what we see here with the maelstrom, but perhaps that will become more apparent as we draw closer. Uh, I, I do suspect there are some goings on that we will discover. Uh, it, here, you should take this, you should look through it because the captain's not that, entirely. You, you just put your hand out to hand her the spyglass, and you look down and realize that. Your hand is empty, and that her <laughs> and Bleb are hand, like passing it back. <laughs> they're already passing right, it back and forth. Right, they're next to each other, basically <laughs> just like handing it back and forth, like from one eye to the next. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, the cap, the cap is not wrong. It is quite frightening. It, also, I do, I do believe that this is frightening and thrilling. Ve- and very informative, Cap. I know we, we spoke about this just not but a minute ago. We're gonna we're gonna take this. We're gonna keep an eye on things. Uh, I, I I don't know what your protocols are here, but I think we should remain on whatever your version of a high alert is. Mm, Wait, absolutely. Can just metagamey wise, has anyone looked at another person yet? Like, like oh yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like Galtier was looking at like looking at Galtier. Yeah, okay, check this out. Check this out. Um, So you don't see anybody down here. Hmm. What you do see looking around... Ooh, I like this. What you do see looking around, you kind of, like, look around the ship where, like, where things would be, and you see maybe, like, three or four shapes of echoes just floating in the air, like, one that would be standing up, a person that would be standing up on on the main deck and one person that would be down working in the engine room, and one person who's chilling in their quarters. You're seeing them as echoes through the spyglass. Oh, so you mean, you mean three or four people, like, ship-wide, not in this room? Right. Oh, shit. Interesting. 
can um and at this moment liza <laughs> liza enters i'm sorry i didn't mean to put off your your entrance with the map for so long <laughs> Exactly. Babitha turns, uh, has the spyglass up to one eye, but the other eye is open still. So she looks at Liza, and Liza has a kind of a, like, spectral essence kind of, like, around their hands uh, that she can't Yeah, it's, like, place. radiating, like, almost the purple of the echoes. Yeah. Almost. And Liza's just waving a, a piece of paper, very William Nilliam. <laughs> and at that point, the admiral, uh, Liza, captain. please be the. Oh, yeah, sorry, the captain. Liza, please be. Do be careful with the map, please. Uh, uh, bring it over. Bring it over. What? Yes, the map of the Is sanctum. It? Yeah. Well, a sanctum, you say? Is this in the maelstrom or? Well, you see. This is the last known map of what was on the island prior to the Maelstrom's emergence. Oh. We have reason to suspect that Lumen Sanctum is possibly still there. And in order to make any sort of plan for an expedition, we had to have all information available. We expect to find something related to this there. Did we... Do we know there was an island before? I, I, mm, maybe not. This is Matt asking this question, where I was like, I thought when we talked to Victor, it was just like out over the ocean, right? We didn't, yeah. no, we didn't yeah, know I about don't, the island? I don't remember us. Okay. This is okay. very protected information. Please, I urge you not to share this with uh, anybody outside of this room. Now, you said, you said the Luminous Sanctum? Lumen is what it's referred to Lumen. in the script. The Lumen and, and Sanctum Sanctorum. Lumen Sanctum Sanctorum. It's interesting. Lumen is light, umbros, umbros, shadow, light, and... Well, well, now, hold on. Are these related to the followers of the Luminous who we've had a recent encounter with? Oh, fuck. Hmm. Could be. Are you, are you familiar with them, El Capitan? <laughs> was that Nick saying that, or was hmm, that the captain saying be. that? <laughs> uh, 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 could be. Could, could be. <laughs> stress it up. Does, <laughs> I have to stress it enough so there's no question. Does the uh, phrase <laughs> God spoken mean anything to God spoken you? is nothing. This is nothing to me. I mean, of course, there are people who claim to have spoken with various gods who claim to be in their own particular ways God spoken, but... Uh, nothing but beyond capital T, capital G, the God spoken doesn't bring any better. Captain, tell tell me if this is is uh, something you've heard perhaps in the streets of Astavel before that uh, the maelstrom belongs to the luminous, and that ten generations ago someone attempted to divide the kingdoms, and the luminous fought alongside Madrigal to defend Arbalea. Is this is this a a folk belief in your region? Well, surely this is uh, this is a, a belief that exists, but the Luminous are a powerless cult. They are nothing. They are a, a well, small faction, a small religious faction who has no control or power of anything. Of course. Could they potentially though, have a connection to this sanctum? Are they old enough, do you think? It would be very difficult for such a small faction to have existed for this long without uh, 
expansion or growth, but... Hmm. Now, when you say very difficult, hmm. you mean less likely than a ghost dragon attacking Illuminati. an airship? <laughs> Tabitha and Blup's eyes get really big as they look at each other. I did not like how they handled that in that movie. That was terrible. Yes. Why'd they do Jim like that? <sighs> anyway. Well, the fact that you bring up the dragon that we've seen in the first place, Dizzy says, is the entire reason that me and my soldiers are on this ship. We simply don't know what's on the island. We simply don't know what the maelstrom might produce, create, or have contained within. And so, so you're... Now, I don't, I don't mean to pry too difficultly in things, but I think we're in a sharing mood. Your ulterior motive here is to head down to the island and do a little uh, exploring, perhaps excavating. Is that correct? That is... My task here is to protect. The ship crew task is to investigate and explore and do as they please, essentially. Uh, the captain has full full run of his own crew to do what his orders may or may not be. My orders are simply to protect. Liza just sticks out like kind of a bony finger and just like haphazardly just places it on the captain's lips and it's just like your your crew does not inspire confidence. Now Liza that they, they did their part to to uh, take care of the dragon. I mean uh, their gambling skills are subpar. Well that I, I, I think you. I haven't actually got a hand in yet. That's fair. Uh, that's valid. I, I believe what my compatriot means is that we would uh, be honored to accompany any of those that make a trip down to the island and help not only protect, but also to investigate. Perhaps we can help both of your missions. The ass knight Agreed. speaks the truth. Fr the, the truth. Yes, of course, naturally, we'll need to go to the island. I mean, it will, honestly, it'd be a lot easier if, it, uh, if there is, in fact, a landmass if the meteorite has impacted, because otherwise, oh, Gloria, I didn't really think about having to get to the bottom of the ocean. If yeah, so speaking of, speaking of poor gambling, let me put our cards on the table here. We, we believe another one of those shards that I just showed you fell now directly into the maelstrom, and we previously thought we were going to have to do some sort of sea expedition to figure out what had happened. And now that you tell oh. me there's a landmass here, and perchance that might make our lives hmm. uh, quite a bit easier in I terms of shard acquisition, but potentially more difficult when you're telling me there's some sort of haunted temple in the center of an energy yeah. hurricane yeah. yeah it all seems kind of fucked when you put it that way if you believe that it is your mission as uh, given to you by king hector Blythe himself to investigate alongside my crew and alongside these soldiers speaking of i that, am not do you know our name you are the buttas they called us <laughs> down here by the butts Okay, yes. Do you know what that means? Well, not, no, you have to say the... No, you can't just abbreviate it every time. You have to say the whole that, name. Or that's what I was asking. I, I was asking if they understood the acronym. Well, you should say the whole thing. I'm not so sure that you spoke it all. I didn't realize it was an acronym. I simply assumed you were but ass. I think it will make Gaultier feel better if he uh, says the name. 
Well, I, I I don't take kindly to you repeatedly saying butt ass. But well, that is how you were introduced to me. Unfortunately, our name has been shortened, but it should be read in its full every time, as is our courtly rat, which is blithe uncoverers of truths, treasures, and such. And thus, meteorites falling squarely under and such. And yeah, mostly food. it's and such these days, to be honest with you. And treasures. Honestly, all those things are kind of interwoven into the same thing. It's almost like we were trying to get to something and we came up with <laughs> some words to match it. And the thing we were trying nah, to get to good. was a chivalric execution of our sacred duties. Uh, correct. So so just like, just like our scene started white and faded into the commotion on the deck, Every day our starts scene... White for me, baby. Our scene with you guys sitting around this war table are crowded around a map, two glowing gems, and an umbral spyglass. Our full scene fades into black. As the umber consumes all of us, and game over. And game over until game, next, game over, man. next until next time. You chose the wrong choose your own adventure <laughs> option. Not a garden snake, but a king Wait, is that an actual episode end? I thought that was a transition. No, no, that's that's a calm, that's a slow oh. that's a taper out. Wow. Oh. Oh. We don't always you don't always have to end hard. Sometimes the story just calls for a calm chapter end. The calm before the storm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The calm before the maelstorm. The calm, the calm before, before the storm. The, mail- the calm before the maelstorm. Guys, I'm literally, I'm literally gonna write down. I'm gonna name this episode.